0: Hey guys, welcome to a new week and a new episode of the Rachel Hollis podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Hollis, and today I'm slipping a little something into our series on the mindset for success. So if you've been with me for the last couple of episodes, we've been talking all about the thought process and the mindset that you need to be successful. But in the midst of that, I had the opportunity to interview one of my friends, who is maybe the most successful business person I know. I sat down with Russell Brenson, who is the founder and CEO of ClickFunnels. If you're not already familiar, they are one of the biggest, if not the biggest company that exists for helping online marketing entrepreneurs build bigger companies. Russell will explain it in this interview much better than I do, but the point is, This person has built a company from the ground up and not just built it to be sort of successful, but wildly, wildly successful. So, who better to ask about what success looks like? Because not only is Russell financially killing it and has been for a really long time, he's genuinely one of the best people I know. Like, the best, most humble, kindest, most excited, joyful about life. And I really wanted to know how he defines success and what he thinks is necessary for the rest of us to have in our mindset to make us successful too. So I hope you dig today's episode. If so, be sure and take a screenshot, tag me, tag Russell, let us know what you thought. But this is my conversation with my buddy, Russell Brunson. Hi. we have to start with who you are, which I know is wild because it feels like everybody knows who you are in very specific industries, but I'm gonna bet that there are listeners of the show who have never met you before. So will you give, I know you've done a million times, but be a mensch, give like a quick, (laughs) I'm Russell Brunson, this is what I do.
1: Yes, I'm Russell Brunson and I serve entrepreneurs. So um, I think about it like, I look at you and what you do, Rachel, and you help people with personal growth and development. And what I do is like people who are obsessed with personal growth and development, when they want to start contributing and taking their talents and turning them into businesses, that's where I kind of pick up the conversation. And I love serving people who are trying to take their gifts and turn them into into businesses. And so I started this back when I was in college. My very first product was teaching people how to make a potato gun, which is dorky, but that's how I got started. (laughs) Um, And as I started doing it, um, I just had so much fun. I got obsessed with like, sales and marketing, how to create sales funnels and processes. And, and like the, the words on the page to get people to, to buy something or get them to move or get them to change their life. Like I became obsessed with those kind of things and um, just did that for probably a decade. And then eventually we started teaching other entrepreneurs how to do it. And I had so much fun because I saw how, if, if I taught an entrepreneur something, or something, if I gave them a tool and then they used it, I saw how they could get their message out and they could change 10 or a hundred or a thousand or a million people's lives. And, um, and so for the last man, 10, 15 years now, that's what I've been doing is helping serve entrepreneurs. And, and, um, we do it through teaching them how to market their, their ideas and their, their, their businesses online.
0: Right. And you're one of the most humble people on the planet because you didn't mention that you own a very successful company (laughs) called ClickFunnels.
1: Yes. (laughs) We
0: can talk about that just a little bit.
1: So ClickFunnels is the, the end product of like us teaching entrepreneurs for years, like how to, how to sell things online. And everyone would understand the principles, but they couldn't do it. And uh, about 10 years ago, I met my business partner. His name Todd Dickerson, and he's the smartest human I've ever met in my life. And um, I was teaching people how to build a funnel. We were, you know, we had uh, seminars, people would come in and they would doodle on a whiteboard out their funnel, but I like, hey, this is what my funnel needs to be. And I'm like, Hey, go home and hire someone from the Philippines or India or somewhere to build it for you. And they never get past that point. And Todd's a genius. He's like, we can build software that made this really easy for people. I was like, okay, and sure enough, he sat down in his laboratory and built out built the first version of ClickFunnels, and now we've had that company for about eight years. We have over hundred thousand active entrepreneurs who pay monthly on the platform, and they're selling everything you can dream of from you know from coaching to physical products to supplements to healthcare to anything you can think about dental care like every like there's again over hundred thousand entrepreneurs selling stuff on our platform, and so it's uh it's been like literally the ride of life last <laughs> last seven years. Right.
0: Right. Well, just in case people are listening and they're not familiar with the idea of a funnel, I know we're going really basic, but I just want people to understand. Because I think sometimes when we are experts in an area, we kind of think we're we're teaching down here and we're actually a peer, which I feel like I've probably read about one of your books. <laughs> but the idea of a funnel is this, like it, when we're talking about marketing, we're talking about digital marketing. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like starting with casting a really wide net. How do I find people who are vaguely interested in what I'm talking about? And then kind of leading them down a digital path in order to lead to a sale. Is that, yeah. feel like that's a good description of a that's funnel. That's one of the
1: best descriptions I've actually heard. And people, <laughs> okay, great. people see it every single day. Like, so when you start looking at, like, think about just your business, for example, right? Like um, you've got millions of followers on Facebook and Instagram and all these different places, right? Not everybody comes to your events. So everyone, there's all these followers. And then a percentage of those followers move down the funnel where they're like, oh, I'm going to read Rachel's book. Right. And then they buy a book from you and they read that book. And if they get value from that, like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Then maybe they're like, okay, I'm gonna sign up. She's got a course. I'm gonna sign up for her course or her coaching. And then a smaller percentage so that moves down the funnel, smaller percentage does that. And a smaller percentage comes to the events. And, and so um, you know, not everyone in your world buys everything, but there's kind of like this funnel where, where, um, each step down the, the, the tier, more and more people are, are, are coming in. And, um, as long as what I found that's interesting is that when you have customers, as long as you keep providing a value, they'll keep buying from you, they'll keep doing the next thing. And so the key with, with all of us is just keep creating really good stuff, create value in the world. And then people keep following us, the buying from us and and a percentage of people kind of buy at each, each level, each tier of what you're doing.
0: So. I feel like that's sort of broad strokes, broad overview. And I am going to kind of take a left turn today in that I don't want to have like the typical, like let's sell people on this idea, because if people aren't already familiar with you, I think the best way, the most knowledge, like all the information that you need is in the first book. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about the first book. And then I want to have a conversation that people who do know who you are don't normally get to hear. Okay, cool. So that's my, I'm casting my vision for to you today, brother. <laughs> uh, so, will you talk about the first book? Because I know BS, I, I must have told you this, I've probably read it six times. Oh, wow. Like, I I don't, I someday should, the next time I hang out with you guys, should like bring with all of my notes and oh, like, be the, the doggered pages. Yeah. Like, because it was one of those things that I, it was the most easy to understand digital marketing, easy to understand funnels, easy to figure out how to sell to people online. Just so comprehensive, like literally your books have doodles in them for (laughs) people who feel confused. So tell us about that first book, because I feel like then they read the first one and they just get the whole series and it's a thing.
1: Yeah, for sure. So the first book was called, it's Called Dotcom secrets. Some people tell me it's a horrible name, but when I was first in this business, that was like, I was trying to learn all this stuff. And there were so much, like, I'm sure anyone who's tried to go down the rabbit hole, there's like so much. And, and I remember reading these and getting overwhelmed, but I was like, I feel like there's these secrets that people are doing. And I like, was seeing people have success. Like I had to figure this out. And so for me, what that looked like was I was buying courses and studying, going to seminars and events. And I would hear these complex uh, ideas and I would try to like doodle them. because I'm a, I'm very visual. So I would doodle like, okay, so step one is this. And I draw a little square and then from there it goes to here. And so I would doodle these these ideas out so it would, it would be clear in my head. And eventually I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense. And then and then the next thing, so I started getting good at just doodling out all the things I was learning to try to, so it could make sense in my head, right? And I remember when some people started asking me what I was doing, I would show my doodles, like, hey, this is how it works. And I explained it. They're like, oh, why didn't people just say that? It's so much simpler. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, it just, it took me a long time, but this is how my brain was able to synthesize all this stuff to something very, very simple. And I remember when I got started somebody told me one day, like, you've got to have a book if you want to be real. So I was like, I want to write a book, but I'd never written a book. I was, I'd never been an author. It scared me to death. But when I was trying to figure out my first book, that was the, the title was like, well, it's dot secrets, secrets of what I learned on the internet. And then it was like taking all these doodles years of it. And like, Hey, how does it work? Like, what's the first step? If I was going to try to like tell my mom, who's got no marketing experience at all, like, what to do, what would be the first thing I would tell her. And the second thing, and the third thing. And then, and I would show her the doodles. Like, this is like, this is the, the reason why we do this. And this is how it works. And then from here, this is where we take the person. And then from here, we take them to here. And so that was kind of the, the premise of the very first book. And like I said, it helps people understand the basics of selling online. And it's not like, it's not a basic book though, as you know, like it, it goes deep, but it, but it, at least my goal is try to, to explain things in a simple way where anybody could be like, oh my gosh, I get it. I finally see how this all works. And even like to, to the point where you can say, Oh, now I see what's been happening to me behind the scenes. Like I have bought things in the past. I've attended events. I've done, you know, like we're all consumers. We're all, we're all experiencing it, but kind of like take the, you know, take the curtain off where you're able to see and like, Oh my gosh, I see what's happening inside the matrix or whatever. Right. And like, and now with whatever I'm going to sell, I can apply these principles and have success as well.
0: Okay. I love that. And I feel like that was a gift for those of you who are listening, who are not already familiar, but there is a portion. Of this audience who's like, holy shit, Russell Brunson, right? <laughs> and oh my God, this is a huge deal. And so I love to take a deep dive. And I feel like I have this really incredible behind the scenes here because I get to be friends with you and Colette in real life. Like I get to actually, which I did today, I was like, hey, I have a question. And I need you to give me your perspective. <laughs> There's some really unique things about you as an entrepreneur that are so very different than other men, especially within this marketplace. Mm -hmm. And I'm just curious how you found sort of your spot without adjusting or changing who you are in order to accommodate maybe what you have seen in the world. So for instance, one of the things that is so noticeable about you on stage in a podcast and in real life is your enthusiasm Mm -hmm. for life you're so joyful you're so excited and that's not the sort of bro entrepreneur culture that has been so prevalent in the last 5 10 years like it usually is more of the like i'm too cool i don't care i don't, so was that did you ever think like oh my gosh i i need to reel it in because this is not how other people do this or have you always sort of had the courage to be exactly who you are
1: i think it's a great question so i think it was interesting, like, what I think a lot of people get into business because they, they're they looking for significance, right? They didn't have it at one point in life and they're looking for it. Um, I think I came into, into this world and I, I'd had, six, like, growing up, I was a wrestler. So I'd had success. I'd had significance. I'd, you know, I'd, I was a state champion. I was an All-American. Like, I'd had a lot of those things. And so it wasn't like that was the thing I was craving, where I feel like a lot of people get into entrepreneurship because of that. they're They're, they're looking for the significance. Well, for me, it's like I had that a period of my life and I enjoyed it, but it wasn't like that wasn't the driving force for me uh, more. So initially it was security. I just met Colette and um, she was making 950 an hour her job. I was wrestling. So I couldn't get it. And I couldn't get a job. So we were like really, really broke. And, I, but I wanted to be the provider. So for me, it was more like, I need to figure out how to make money um, so I can be a provider. So I, that was kind of my initial thing going into it was like, we have no security, like 950 an hour is not a lot to live off of even 20 years ago. Right. But that was kind of how I went into it. And then I remember going to, like, I, I knew I want to start a business online. I was going to these events. And what I found was one of two things. One is like, what you talked about that culture of just like, there are people that I was like, huh, I don't know if I would like necessarily want to hang out with these people. In fact, I remember going to events like in the room with these guys. And then afterwards, like, hey, Russell, like, we want to invite you. There's a huge party afterwards, but you probably shouldn't come because you wouldn't feel comfortable. And I was like, like, but you're invited, but just don't come. And I'm like, okay. like," <laughs> And I remember feeling like this, this weird, like, you guys are doing these good things in the world, but then after hours, you're doing these things that were just like, I don't know, it was, that was like super disconnecting to me. Um, or I go to business events where there are people in suit and ties and like, and I'm sitting in these rooms and they're sharing stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm freaking out, like in the back and everyone else is half asleep. Like, like, you know, and I'm the little kid in the back, like, just, I can't believe we just shared. Like, I want to tell everybody, but I remember thinking like business is so like, why do they make it so boring? This is like the most exciting thing in the world. And so, like as I was kind of developing this, I like, those are my thoughts of just like this is exciting. Like we should make this exciting. Like I, if I'm going to become a teacher and educator someday, I can't make this the stuffy suit and tie. We're sitting in a room, like boring events that that I was going to, you know. And I'd been to like these events and then and then then um, like a Tony Robbins event. I was like, how do you blend those? Like you have the excitement about personal development. How do you excitement about business? Like it it can and it should be exciting. And then you know, big part of was I was very turned off by. What a lot of people did and what they stood for. And, you know, for me, at the season of my life, I came to this business, I just got married, my wife and I got pregnant, like, and I didn't want to lose that. And that was kind of, you know, just who I was. So I don't know how to answer that other than.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's really good. And the reason that I ask is because predominantly my listenership is women. And Mm -hmm. I think, especially when it comes to entrepreneurship or even being leaders in business, I think a lot of us have felt like we have to act like men in order to be successful in certain ways. And so I just was curious because you are so unique in this industry. I was just curious if you ever felt like that, but I love the reminder that it is about number one, this sort of chasing of significance or like, this is going to validate me. If other people think that I'm great, then I really am great as opposed to not just going to do really good work. Mm -hmm. And try and show up and be the same person on stage as I am behind the scenes, which is rare, unfortunately. I think that right. And like, being inside of the personal development industry is amazing. I met the most amazing people you included, and then I've definitely been bummed out by people it's exactly what you said Are sort of they're incredible teachers and they are changing lives but there is this disconnect between what they're teaching and the actions that they take in their daily life how do you make sure that you're staying like as a human as an individual how do you make sure that you're staying true to your values your beliefs all of the things that you like, I, I feel like you have such a beautiful balance. Like when I sent you a note last week and I was like, Hey, can you jump on the phone and talk to me? You're like, yes, except I'm coaching my kids wrestling right now. And so I can't talk until next week. Cause it's really insane this week. Like you're so your values are the forefront, no matter what it is you're doing. So how do you feel like you've stayed connected to those?
1: one of them I'm honestly is my, is my wife. Um, I, have, I had a friend who's, who told me so that if you were, if you had married anybody besides Colette, your head would be so big. Like you'd be unbearable. I was like, Oh, thanks. <laughs> so, but part of it is like my wife and I love her to death. She's not part of the business. She doesn't understand most of what's happening. Her biggest thing is that like, when I come home at night, it's just like, I, I need to be who I am. You know what I mean? Like, and so she's not impressed by any of this stuff. And so that was interesting to me. Cause I like, I would try to come home and like, like check out what we did. Or like try to get you know, getting significance from that. And I didn't get it, which at first was kind of like, ah, it was hard for me. But at the same time, it was like, it was like, those things don't matter to her. Like, these are very worldly things. And while they're, they're fun for me, they're my ambition, I'm doing a really good work. It wasn't like, like, that's not who I am. It's, it's my work. It's my mission, but it's not who I am. And that was a part of it. The other thing that I found that was really interesting, and I see this, especially in our industry, again, people who are chasing significance, they're always chasing significance. And I remember a couple of years in this business, I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to like I don't want to put the spotlight on me. I want to put the spotlight on the art. Like this is the art that I'm doing, right? It's so whatever it is I'm creating. Then like, put the spotlight there. And as I try to take the spotlight off of me and put it on what I was creating, I I got more significance. I did a, I did a podcast episode probably six or seven years ago about this, where I was like, the the more that I tried to chase significance, the less I got. The more I I I didn't. I just focused on serving people. The more like it just came to me regardless. Right. And I had a couple of people who, who I looked up to who I wanted to speak at one of my events. I remember one of them who I just looked at, I thought this person was amazing. And I, I invited him to speak and they said, yes, and I had him on the sales page for the thing. And, um, on the sales page, they weren't the number. Like, it was like, you know, it was like Tony Robbins was speaking the first time Tony ever spoke. So I was like, oh, Tony's speaking. And then I had all the other speakers and he was one of the people in the speakers and he messaged me the next morning, like live it. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Like, like. Like, I won't play second fiddle to anyone, maybe Tony, but nobody else. Like, I need to be, I am the keynote and da, da, da all this stuff. And I was like, I was like, dude, like, oh, this isn't about me or you. Like, I didn't put myself on the page. Like, I'm like, I'm there, but like, like, this is about our audience. There's has nothing to do with any of us. Like, I, I was just like, anyway. And so I didn't have that person speak. We ended up, you know, kindly parting ways and the person didn't speak. And look when it was done, like, I remember like, you know, I served, and you know how it is. You do events. Like, it's it's exhausting. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of. And so we do the whole event. It's all done. Tony speaks last. He gets done. He gets off stage. And I remember walking out just like, thank everyone for coming. And the entire audience was probably 3,500 people at the event, I think, um, stood up. And they start chanting my name, which was weird. I was just like super uncomfortable. Like, ah, like please stop. But I, like the thing I had is like, oh, my gosh. Like, I didn't try to get significance from this moment at all. I tried to serve the audience and focus on them. And because of that, I got significance. That I didn't want. I was right. like, oh, no, like I, I don't feel comfortable with this. Like, please don't but it was like fascinating. Like, like the more I I I seek for the significance, the less I get because of things like that. But when I'm just focused on the serving, then it comes as a byproduct, and that's that's what's fascinating. And so
0: this is so good because I feel like the creation and explosion of social media over the last ten years, but especially over the last five. <laughs> has really warped this for people, especially entrepreneurs, yeah. or or any sort of anybody with a platform. Like it has warped this to the worst degree. And you and I were just talking before we started recording that the most success I have in life, have had in life, or will have in life is when I focus on the content I'm creating. It's not when I do a bunch of social promotion. It's not when my hair is blown out. It's not when I look cute in an outfit on stage. It is when I care deeply about the content and the audience that it's serving. Like girl, wash your face. I did not have a social following. I did not. None of that happened seven million books or whatever. None of that happened because I had a connection or got on the today show that happened because I worked really hard to write a book that I thought would help women. That's it. There's no magic other than that. And I feel like this is something that's been so lost. And I love that we're having a conversation because I think a lot of people need to hear this right now, as we're going into the third year of the pandemic, which I can't (laughs) even believe is real. and Things that matter don't matter anymore, and people feel so lost and so unsure, and everyone's quitting their job and trying to figure out what comes next. We run a real risk of creating a life that looks really good on Instagram and is absolutely nothing mm-hmm. in our existence. And I see this a lot. I don't know if you see this a lot of people that their Instagram's gorgeous. And everything looks great. And behind the scenes, it's a disaster, right? (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, so so what what advice do you have for people who are listening to this who are like, dang, okay, something y'all just said just Mm -hmm. pierced my heart. I am chasing significance more than I'm chasing doing good work.
1: Yeah. I think one of the biggest downsides of social media nowadays is that people can blow up so fast over stuff that's not real, right? Like, you see beautiful women who will post, get nothing. And then they start showing more of their body and also boom, they blow up and they're famous overnight. They didn't do right. the actual work. Right. Or you see, and you see, and that's the one example, but it could be anything, right. It could be, you know, the dude who rents a private jet to get the pictures and all of a night now. Like, and so they get, they get this, the reward without doing the actual work. Right. I see. Yes, it in lot, like Yes.
0: Yes. Like oh, I, you're, you're speaking my language right now. Like people who are like, I signed up for a marathon and I was like, "Yay for you. And I'm sorry yeah. that I am a jerk right now as a marathon runner. I'm like, but you haven't even started training. You just <laughs> yeah. got celebrated, but you didn't do anything.
1: Yes. And I think about like, and I've, I've watched your story. Um, Obviously I didn't, I wasn't there during the beginning of your journey, but I've seen the videos of you on stage with your note cards, nervously talking. And now you see <laughs> you on stage and you're just like, on fire, right? But like I saw the videos of you when you weren't. And it's funny because like um at one of my last events, I showed some of my old videos from from man 15, 18 years ago. Cause I was not like I was, I would say, like of the people I know, I was probably one of the worst, if not the worst. Um, like I was really bad, but I was so passionate about this business. And someone asked, like, how do you become successful, Russell? Like, or someone said, How would you become uh, like the overnight success or something like that? And I was like, you don't understand, like I love this art for me. Again, art is the marketing. The like, I love this art so much that when I first started learning it, I started doing events. I remember running radio ads in Boise, Idaho to get people to come to an event. And I remember showing up to the hotel that I had rented and having two people in the room and being like, oh, crap, and doing an entire event for two people. And, and nobody cared, right? And I did that. And I didn't stop after that. I did another one and another one. And then I did another one and another one. And I probably did you know, 50, 60, 70 presentations in front of empty rooms before anybody cared. And then I just got a couple people cared and then a couple more and a couple more. And it wasn't, I mean, I was probably man, 12, 13 years in before anybody else on this planet cared about funnels. But I was preaching <laughs> it to the empty hotel rooms over and over and over again because I cared about that much. I believe, again, I wasn't sitting there with you on your journey, but I, I believe it's the same way from your writing, from your things. Like, and that's people are missing. Like when you just, all of a sudden you become famous overnight on Instagram or whatever, you didn't do that work. And so its it's shallow and you're going to, it's hard for you to sustain. Like I've been in this business long enough, 20 years now, I've seen so many like the people come and go and come and go. Like every, every year or two, there's a cycle of like the new, you know, people that that pop and then they drop and they pop and they drop. And the reason why I've been around 20 years, is because I'm obsessed with the art and I'm going to do it, whether there's people there or not, like if nobody right. shows up, I'm still going to write the book. I'm still going to do the presentation. I'm still going to do the seminar because I care about it that much. Right. And I believe you're the same way. Like you're, you're doing this, whether, you know, despite everything, despite you've had a season when people were like insanely not like mean to you and you're still doing it because you're obsessed with the art and that's right. what people are missing. This like, like it's, and I don't know how to get people into that because it's painful and it's hard. It's not something that's overnight. Um, but if you really believe in what you do, it's just, it's keep doing it and crafting it. And, and that's where you get the longevity from.
0: Well, and if you care, uh, if you are obsessed with the content, if you're obsessed with the creation, if you're obsessed with serving the audience, you're unstoppable. Mm -hmm. You literally cannot be stopped. If what you care about most is likes on Instagram, is followers, is what kind of press you're getting, if that's what you're here for, that can be taken away that fast. Mm -hmm. But if you're here to serve, there's always someone to serve. And you, you can't be, your, your mission can't be pulled out from under you. You can go through hard seasons. You can go through hard stuff. We both have, but it's easier to stand up and go again because the why is so strong. Like Mm -hmm. the why is so significant. No pun intended. Uh, I love that we're having this conversation because I think for the longest time, you know, the focus has been on like building a personal brand, having a personal brand. And I do think that that was really helpful for people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everyone's preaching it for the longest time and there was value in it for sure. But it has created this monster of people who are more focused on their personal brand than their personal life. Mm-hmm. Like all they care about is what is going on with the brand and they think that that somehow uh, affects who they are in their real life. And there is this obsession and like and there was a time in my life where I absolutely bought into the idea that I needed to be present on social media every day or my business was going to flop or I needed to be present on social media every day or I wasn't going to be able to be an author. Like I I really got this twisted for myself and I have in the last year really really worked on what does my life feel like? This is my life right here. Like in this room with four kids doing school drop-off, making lunches, making dinner tonight, taking my dog on a walk later. That is my real life. And that can't be made better or worse based on how many people liked an Instagram photo, Mm -hmm. but we're missing this. And I'm like I am here, you know me, like I am here for the ambition, for everyone building the biggest thing that they can build and following their dream, but it can't come at the cost of your actual real life being good. Yeah. And so many people are getting this just so wrong. And by the time they figure it out, they've we both know people that we are not going to name names, but we both know people <laughs> who are very financially killing it and their actual their their kids don't talk to them and they're you know they're miserable in real life. So I'm super pumped that we got to talk about that because I feel like not enough people are right now. Okay, I'm gonna nerd out a little bit more because there's a conversation we've had before. I heard you say on your podcast recently, and I'm in the of this series right now on the mindset for success. Mm-hmm. And I feel like since you just did a video about this, this is the perfect topic for you when it comes to success, how freaking important it is to be around other people who are successful in the way you want to be successful. Like you said something recently and forgive me cause I'm going to mess up your quote, but it was like, it's not about the what it's about the who, or it's not about the how it's about the who do you remember who, that not quote? The who, not
1: the how. <laughs>
0: right. Right. Yeah. Will you talk about that?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, it's interesting. Cause I, I think, most of us fall in this trap because a lot of it we're we're taught in school, right? It's like, I got to learn this and this, and like my kids right now, like they're trying to pass, this is finals week for them. So they're trying to study forensic and French and all different things, trying to learn it all. So we think like, we want to be successful in life. Like I got to know all these things. Right. Um, but one of my, uh, friends, Dan Sullivan, he has a book called the who not the how, and it's really fascinating because he says that, um, what most of us do is we go on this path, right? We start trying to, trying to have success. Like I want to, I want to, make a million dollar business or I want to, whatever the thing is. Right. And you start going on the path and all of a sudden you hit the first roadblock or question or something where you're stuck and you're like, okay, how do I do this? And then you're like, well, I don't know how to do it. Like, okay, well, I got to learn this thing. And all of a sudden you go in like, now I got to buy a course and a product and a thing. And then I'm going to study. And you spend six months learning how to do that one thing. Right. And then finally you learn, okay, now I know how to do that thing. And you come back to the path. Okay. I'm gonna keep moving forward. And you start going to the next thing to hit the next, like, how do I do this? Like, I don't know how to do this. So you stop. Okay. I got to figure it out. And we keep doing this thing. Right. In fact, at my last event, we were showing like, you know, for someone to build a funnel, like all the skill sets you have to have to build a funnel. And I was like taking like, you know, to learn copywriting, you need at least this amount of months. And then for this and like showing the pieces and, and for someone to start and to actually have a launch funnel, if you were to, to try to learn how to, how to do everything, it was like seven years in actual time to become a master at all the things you need to do. I'm like, most of you guys, like, like you're going to run out of time or money before you ever get to the finish line. Right. And so the shift in mindset is like, instead of saying like, how, how, how it's who, 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 like, okay, who already knows this? Who already has a skill set? Who already is the person already like, this is their unique uh, ability where they can go and they could do it today. And so you start trying to find those, those pieces where they could do it. So if you're building a business or if you're trying to lose weight or whatever, it's not like for me lose weight, I don't have to understand how metabolic rates and calories and macros work. Like it doesn't matter if I know how to do, I just need to know who can like, Tell me how to do it, and who can do it for me? Who can set up the structure and the things in place? If I want to make a million dollar business, I don't have to like learn how to write copy. I got who knows how to write copy already that I can hire. Now I save four years of like becoming a master at something by giving someone who already did that, and I can shortcut and speed things up. and And in your reality, you go from seven years to build a funnel to you know thirty days, or you know five years to lose weight to we do it in, in a in a quarter or whatever that thing might be. I'm shifting that right. from a from a who to the to the from a how to the who
0: yeah to to think through the idea that there's someone out there who knows how to do this already and probably can do it better than you can <laughs> anyway so looking into how you get help from those experts but also i think the people play such a massive role in ele- like elevating our lives or elevating our business and i know uh, I'm saying I know, but I'm just assuming you've gone to business mastery or you are friends with Tony. So maybe business mastery just is every time you hang out with him in real life. <laughs> but going to business mastery was the first time I heard the term proximity is power. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for entrepreneurs who are listening to this, who haven't heard that yet, or need the reminder, there is nothing like it. it is so essential that as you are trying to elevate your life, like one of the most important factors is who is in your life that is influencing your growth or your descent. There's one or the other. You can't sort of have both. So how much has that played a role in you continuing to elevate? Because obviously you're like rolling with some big dogs now, but that's definitely (laughs) not where you started when you were like launching potatoes off a (laughs) hillside.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it's funny. So we can learn something from, from movies. So I'm a Marvel fan, but you think about like, like when, when in the movies, like uh, the Avengers, right? Let's say there's someone they got to conquer. So it's Thanos or it's whatever. Like they got to do it. Like they don't go just attack the thing. The first thing to do is like, they assemble the team, right? Okay. So if we're going to attack this, we need a Hulk. We need an Iron Man. We need a, and they, they assemble the people we need to be successful. And again, I think for all of us, it's like, what is the thing you're trying to go for? And it's like, okay, we need to assemble the the, the team. Uh, as you know, I've been, I told you earlier, I've been geeking out and going deep on Napoleon Hill and, and all the early thought leaders way back in the early late 1800s, early 1900s and uh, Napoleon Hill in his book, Think and Grow Rich and also in the Laws of Success. And, you know, as I'm finding it, like, 12 other places, he talked about it, but he talked about um, with Andrew Carnegie, where I think it was Carnegie was the richest man at the time. And, and uh, there was a lawyer was interviewing him and, and was trying to get him like, Hey. Uh, I was trying to stump him on these things and asking these different questions. And, and Carnegie like didn't know the answer, didn't know the answer. And after three or four times, these these uh, these learned men were like, oh, you're an idiot. You don't know anything. And he's like, you don't understand. He's like, I have a mastermind group of people in my proximity where any question you could ask, I can push a button and have the answer in 35 seconds. There's no reason for me to learn all these different things. And, um, and that was the first time Napoleon teaches this principle of the mastermind. But the same thing is true. It's like, building an Avenger team or a mastermind or your dream team or whatever. But it's like, who are the people that, again, who are all the who's you need in proximity to you to be able to be successful? Like when I launched ClickFunnels, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't Russell. Like I'm not that smart. I was like, okay, well, I, I, I'm really good at like the strategy of how to do funnels, but I don't know how to build it. So then I had to find a Todd, like Todd's my iron man. Right. And so Todd's the guy technically can do it. And I'm like, Hey, okay, well, I suck at managing people. I need a manager. And then I need someone here. And like, we started assembling, this team to be able to execute on on the mission and again that was for business but it's true in anything in life right like for example um a couple of years ago i decided that i wanted to start wrestling again and as a 40 year old like you're not supposed to wrestle because bodies don't do that but i was like i want to do it and there's this old man wrestling tournament that happens once a year and so i'm like okay, if i'm going to do this i can't look the way i i did or i'm going to get destroyed so i was like, I have to lose weight um so i found a trainer to make me lose weight and i have to get muscle. So i found a, a, a dude to lift me and i need to wrestle against so i found someone to wrestle and like to wrestle. And then I got to figure out like the moves again. Like, and so like I started putting together who are the people in my life that I need? So I can actually achieve this thing because I'm not going to just show up on my own and, and get destroyed in a singlet in front of a whole bunch of people. I like, that's embarrassing. Right. Um, <laughs> and so it's true to any part of your life. It's just like, okay, imagine you got to go tackle this thing. How, like what's your Avenger team or your dream team or your justice league or whatever, whatever version of that you want for yourself, but who are the people that you got to surround yourself with to be able to to do it. And then on top of that, it's like, you said, proximity is power, like having them in, in constant conversation. Cause it raises your, it raises your mind, right? You're around right. the right people having the right conversations. You think differently than if you're with your normal buddies who, who don't think that way. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, and then how, what do you say to people who are listening to this, who are like, I, I am looking around my crew And I'm the smartest person in the crew. (laughs) I'm the most ambitious, or I'm the most driven. And it's not to say that there's anything wrong with your peeps and you could have the most amazing family and friends. But if you want to elevate your life, you can't be the one that's most elevated, right? You have to surround yourself with people who are more successful than you in the way you want to be successful. And a lot of times, I feel like when people hear this in a conversation or at a conference or whatever, they're like, okay, but how do I get access to people who are more successful or higher up than I am? So I would be curious because I loved the conversation you had about how you serve, 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 serve serve Tony for like, I don't even know a a (laughs) billion years before finally it was like, all right, you're getting called up to the big leagues.
1: Yeah. I think, so the first misconception people have is like, again, like I don't have access to these people. So when I got started, I didn't have access and I didn't have money either. So I remember like when I got into the marketing world and I wanted to learn marketing, I started looking at every single person had like these coaching programs that were $10,000, $25,000, like all these things. I was like, well, as a broke college kid, I got no money, but I was like, okay, I, like I don't have the resources to do it. So I got to become resourceful. Like what's the, like, how do I become resourceful? And so for me, I was like, well, what do I have value to them? Like I could, Uh, I could try to interview them, right? So for me, the first thing I did is I tried to interview people. And so um, I put on the role of I'm going to become the reporter and I'm going to interview people. And so I remember messaging these people and I was like, why would they listen to me? I'm a college kid. I got no skills. I have no platform. I have nothing. But what I did have was I was interested in them, right? And you'd be shocked at how far that goes, okay? So I think a lot of you guys will look (laughs) at Rachel or I and you're like, oh, they're so busy. They have all these things. And we are like insanely busy. We're doing a lot of stuff. But like, at least for me, most of the people in my world around me don't care about the stuff that I'm talking about. you right. And so like when I get a message from someone on Instagram or, or Facebook or somewhere, and I can't say yes to everything, but they're like, Hey, I read your book. I'm obsessed. Like I think what you do is so cool is there any way I could pick your brain for 20 minutes or not? Sorry. I hate that word. Pick your brain. Sorry. Can me I, interview too. You? I hate that. <laughs> no, leave my brain alone. <laughs> <laughs> but like, Hey, I have a podcast. I'm putting together. Can I interview you or Hey, whatever that might be. Right. So for me, I remember I was, I was trying to learn affiliate marketing. So I, I bought, uh, at the time I bought the site, it was affiliatebootcamp.com. And I was like, hey, I'm doing this thing called affiliate bootcamp. Can I interview you uh, for this, this course I'm putting together on how you do this specific thing, right? And for those who don't understand marketing, there's like a hundred ways to market your business. So I found one person who was, who was really good at like SEO and someone who was good at pay-per-click and someone who was good, this is pre-Facebook and stuff. So it would have been a Facebook person and an Instagram, right? But I ended, I ended up uh, picking these different categories I wanted and then I, I, I emailed four or five uh, experts in each of these categories and just asked them if they would be doing it. And again, four out of five people either ignored me or said no or whatever, but like I was able to eventually get one person from each category to say yes. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. And so instead of paying them their $10,000 consulting fee, I got a 30 minutes or an hour interview with them for this product I was putting together, this course I was putting together, they didn't have any customers, but they didn't know or care. And I interview the first person and then the second person and the third person. And a couple of things start happening. Number one is I started getting like, I was, I was learning directly from these people. So like my knowledge started going up, which is really, really cool. I'm having a chance to ask them my questions. And so I started like getting like my question answer. I started like thinking differently because I'm hearing them speak to me over and over and over again. And number three is that other people start seeing me. I'm interviewing this person and this person, and this person. And that, that concept of proximity is power is, is powerful in a couple of ways. Number one, it's, Like you get to learn from them directly. But number two is like people see you in proximity with other people. It it automatically raises your, your, um, I don't want to say status, but like, like your status to to that level. Right. And so today, if I was a starter from scratch today, like what I would do is I would start a podcast because podcasting is is simple to get into, but it's really, really cool. And I would pick a theme, like, let's say I want to be in personal development or I want to be in biohacking or I want to be in whatever you're the thing you're actually really passionate about. And then start messaging the people who are the best in the world, the the authors, the speakers, the people who are trying to get their message out anyway, and you start having a chance to have these interactions with them, and that's how that's how it begins. That's how you start getting around a different friend group, right? Because I didn't have friends in the marketing world twenty years ago, but I started interviewing people, and within within three or four months, I was friends with all these authors, these speakers, and I started getting to know them. Then I would go to an event, and I knew who they were; they knew who I was, and we built relationships. and um, And what was interesting for me is. A lot of times, like the people at the top, like a Tony Robbins, right? Did not respond to me for for a long time. But I found people who were like maybe one or two steps ahead of where I was, right? They had been doing this for a year. They had some success. They had a little bit of a following. And so I started interviewing those people. And then uh, I I would share, you know, after the interview was done, I'd be like, man, that was really cool. Like, who else do you know who who I could interview? And they would introduce me to someone else. And they introduced me. And and we started like kind of building these, these little friend groups. And what happened is that all of our businesses together all kind of collectively started growing together. It wasn't like, you know, me going to Tony and Tony promoting me an overnight, and my overnight success. Right. But we talked about it earlier, it's not like that. It was like, I put in the time and the effort and I was serving them and they were serving me. And like, eventually we were the, you know, we were the bottom tier of the, of the totem pole, but eventually we became the first tier and then we became the second tier and the third tier. And eventually, and this is literally happened for me, like four or five years into this business, Tony Robbins reached out to me. I didn't reach out to Tony. They reached out to me saying, Hey, we're seeing what you're doing. We have a couple of questions for you but it was because I was doing the thing. I was in motion. I was in momentum. Most people never, uh, they never get into momentum. And so they never have any success. Like for you, you got to like, I'm getting momentum. I'm starting a podcast or a blog or a YouTube channel or something. And then get in momentum. And then that opens up these doors for people and, and conversations and things to where you can start building that, that friend group and that network. Um, because get it, it's going to be hard. In fact, I, I feel bad saying this, but after high school, I moved to I, I moved to go wrestle, and I, I left my hometown. But when I go back to my hometown, it's it's really interesting to me that like most of my friends, um, I know where they're gonna be Saturday night. I know it's, mm-hmm. it's called Belgian Waffle. They're gonna be there, so I go home. I always go at like tenth. It's the only place that's twenty four hours in my hometown, and so I know they're gonna be there every Saturday night. I show up there, and sure enough, they show up, and we hang out, and we eat, and we talk, and we share good times. And then I realize that all of them are in the exact same spot they were twenty years ago when we were in high school. Right. Like none of them changed because they're like they're with the same people. And so you can, you can love those people. You can be with them. But like, if you really want to grow and have, have the level of success and whatever it is, I don't care if it's business or health or whatever, like you've got to find the, the group of people who are doing what you want to be doing and getting into momentum. And when you start doing that doors will start opening your skill sets will get better. And that's how you, that's how you evolve.
0: Yeah. I just want to add a, a couple of thoughts to that too, is that I think sometimes people hear that, And they're like, all right, I'm going to go chase down, you know, this person that I really admire. And the key is that when you are pursuing people who are more successful than you are, first of all, you're not just pursuing the highest level. You're sort of looking at the entire staircase, right? So you're like, oh, I'm going to pursue a relationship with Frank Kern because then he has access to Tony and you kind of stair-step. But along the way, you were there because you were excited and because you wanted to serve and you weren't expecting something in return. And I think that's where people get this wrong is that they're like they want to sort of be like a used car salesman and they they're trying to network, I'm using air quotes cuz I hate that term, <laughs> but they're trying to network and really the intention is to get something back. They're like, "Oh, let me I'll help you because I want you to scratch my back later." Whereas you and I know this about you is you just serve with your heart and you're not expecting anything in return from people. Um, So I feel like that's a a point that's really, really important is that if you really are trying to do good, it's going to come back to you, but you don't have to chase it down.
1: Yeah. That's what people, that's the mistake they make is they go out there and they're like, I'm going to do this so I can get this thing. And I I just want to point this out because like the way the me and you met, right? Like I got to know you because initially my um, wife and all her friends went to some movie theater to watch something. And I had annoyed no idea talking right. about. So that was the first thing. And then they came back and they're all like freaking out and crying and all this stuff. And then my wife's got the book and she's reading it. And I didn't know who you were still, but I just like I experienced something. That's kind of cool. And then, um, and then I met Dave next. And then I think Puerto Rico was the first time we met and we're sitting yeah. in this, in this group. And obviously I know who you are. And I'm like excited to meet you. And like, we're totally doing, you know, my wife's like, and I are doing the whole fan person thing, you know, and like, but try to be cool about it. Cause, you know, but then like, you guys start, about, start talking about your business and I'm seeing what you guys are doing. And I'm like, you don't have funnels. And I'm freaking out. I'm like, like, oh my gosh, like if you just played a funnel, you could do this, and then, like all this stuff. Cause, cause I just wanted to help you to do this thing. Cause I was like, I know what you're doing and what you could do by just these little things. And I remember, I don't know if you, I, you know, I don't know what it was from your perspective, but I remember like, I can't remember if you or Dave or someone said something like, "I've never seen someone this excited about anything, let alone like funnels." And and then we sat by <laughs> each other at dinner, and and I was trying to like, I just wanted to help you because like you need funnels, like. But I I wasn't like someday if I do this, maybe she's on the podcast, and maybe she's like, I don't right. care about that. And check it out now I'm on right. I'm on your podcast. But it wasn't because I was trying to right. get a thing. It was like I honestly like let me apply my art to what you're doing because I think it can help, and then you count more people, and that'd be so cool. And and Absolutely. if you forget about right. like the the opposite side, like and. You've been doing this long enough. I've been doing this long enough. You know, when people are coming in with different intentions and yeah. like, you feel it like everything's weird. And it's just, it, and because of that, you put up these guards where everything kind of just gets blocked, where it's posed the other way, where it's like, I don't really care if something goes like happens. That's usually when something good happens. Right.
0: And I will say, I have met more people that I admired or got connections or had opportunities because I just kept talking about how much I loved them. Mm-hmm. So I met Brendan years ago because I was obsessed with high performance habits, and I talked about it on the podcast all the time and social all the time. And I kept saying, "I know it sounds like I'm getting paid for this. I am not. I just am <laughs> obsessed with this book." And he tells a story of like a hundred people kept saying, "Like, do you know this chick? Like, she keeps talking <laughs> about you. She in your affiliate program. What is the deal?" I i mean this is such a douchey thing to say but when i finally got to interact with the rock who was one of my favorite people on the planet it was because i had been talking about him so much they were finally like oh my god throw this chick a bone like she is (laughs) obsessed and she keeps but he's so inspiring and i just kept telling the story and then it i got noticed not because i was trying to but because i was like i really think this content is great and i think that you'll think it's great too. So, so check it out. Cause I also have people who come to me at like a conference or they'll see me at the grocery store or whatever. And they're like, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? Which is such an awkward question. And it's like, I get what you're trying to do, but you're missing the point. It's, it's sort of like, how do you, um, how do you serve and take care of other people because that's your instinct and because it feels organic, not because you think you're supposed to, or you think that you're going to get something on the flip side. And just one more thought on the idea of proximity is power. And, you know, this idea that you could pick up the phone and, and, you know, talk to a million people that, you know, the rest of us would kill for the opportunity to, I was thinking about this because I, I, this is going to sound however it sounds, it's a little douchey, but it's true, is that people will offer me a lot of money, like a stupid amount of money to coach them for two hours. It's not something I advertise. It's not something I've ever put out into the world, but I have people who will find a way, right? They'll reach out to my agents. They'll, you know, they'll do what they can do in order to get access and be like, here's a pot of gold if Rachel will sit with me for two hours and just coach me, because I really feel like she's the one who can help me with my problem, which is so flattering and so amazing. And I had this happen recently. And I'm like, pump, let's go. I like I love someone who wants to invest, who cares that much that they're like, I believe here's the thing. Let's, let's have some coaching. But what I keep thinking about is for these people who have done this and, and to the best of my ability. And I think that I'm very talented at coaching someone through elevating their life for a hard season. If you, my buddy, Russell called me and were like, Rach, there's this woman. She's this entrepreneur. She's done this thing. She's amazing. I really like all she wants is some time with you. I would be like, Oh my God, Russ, send her over. Like I'll take her to lunch mm-hmm. without money, without agents, without that's the power of proximity. Yeah. Is that if someone has access, and, and and I feel like you talk about this a lot, that you know someone who knows someone who knows someone, like we have these tentacles and we have this reach, but we're so limited in what we think we're capable of that we don't try. Mm-hmm. And yeah, one way to do it is like throw money at the problem. But another way is to have people in your life that have access that you don't have.
1: The practical application of that, and I, I think I shared it on the podcast a little while ago. But you know, you came and visited us a couple months ago, and after you left a little while later, the guy, one of my best friends in the whole world, like CEO of our company, like he came out with a brain tumor, and you know, which rocked all of our world. We did not know what to do when we're freaking out. And um, you know, a month later, we had our, our big event, and Tony was speaking. And after we got done, we had a, you know a little opportunity to talk to Tony, we're like, hey, you know, he's like, hey, you ask me a question you want, what do you want? We're like, who do you know who? it can, can, it can help with, with this. Right. And Tony's like, Oh my gosh, he's like, I've said nine people, with this doctor all nine of them are terminal all on nine have, have survived. Um, he does things way different than what else you should connect with him, And so we did, and we connected him and, um, you know, Dave, I think his, his likelihood of, of like the, the percentage chance they gave game was like 6% chance of living more than a year. And, uh, we flew him down to go meet with this doctor tenant. Uh, the guy, anyway, not to get deep into it, maybe you should interview him because this would be fascinating for you. Like, yeah,
0: you started to tell me about this.
1: Oh, it's crazy. But like his studies and his research show that like cancers and stuff are tied to teeth and root canals. And like crazy, like Dave's cancer was synced to a root canal he'd had years before. In fact, at when he was sitting in the the same doctor's office with this person, there's another person in the doctor's office, said same tumor, same side, same root canal, same side. Like, it's just, it's crazy. And so anyway, I don't know the details enough to share Whoa. more than that other than it's, there's more, there's more than what's being out there in health stuff, right? Tony's coming out with a new book, all about health, which I'm so excited. You can pre-order it at Amazon, I believe, but it's not here yet. And I'm freaking out. Um, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so we got this connection. They went in there, did all the stuff. Uh, Dave lived the guy's office for like two months, did all these different, or excuse me, two weeks to do all these different things, comes back, gets, gets his next MRI. And the doctor's like, it's gone. Like what's gone? Like the tumor's like the tumor's gone. Everything's gone. There's no, like it's just gone. And like, that was because of proximity. If I hadn't met Tony 15 years ago and pursued him all these kind of things like we wouldn't have had, we didn't even know that was even a possibility. Right. And so you never know, like when those connections are going to come up or how, or, or, you know, anything like that. Like, I'm sure there's gonna be time in my life where, you know, of my kids may have an issue and I know that Rachel, you're the one, you solved this when you were a kid or, you know, but, and, and there's probably going to be a phone call. It's going to come someday where I'm like, I need your help or vice versa. You, maybe you're like my funnels, my website's not working and I can come to your help, but it's, it's building those relationships again, because, you know, what do you have to offer people? If you don't have anything like get a skill set so you can offer something to people, then try to offer it to people as many as you can. Um, Cause that's your, that's the the value you can provide to get to know people, and connect with them. And then you never know when, like when the situation is, situation is going to come up. Like, I didn't know that meeting Tony Robbins 15 years ago was going to help save my friend from, from brain cancer. Like, I didn't know that was going to happen. But because I was there and serving, like it opens up these doors when when you need them the most, you know, it's interesting.
0: Do you feel like do you feel like part of that, too, is that you know how to ask better questions or or that even you're thinking you're sort of not accepting no for an answer? Like there's a lot of people who it wouldn't it's like proximity. Yes. I mean, we just had a whole conversation about how important that is, but I'm also hearing it's sort of like ask ask better questions or ask in a different way or ask, who do I know that has this resource or ask versus just accepting. I'm if this is an entrepreneurial trait is that we just don't, we don't accept. No, we don't accept the idea that we can't. We always feel like there's other options. There's plan ABCD all the way to the end of the alphabet. Mm -hmm. So do you feel like part of it is is that piece? Like, yes, you have to know people. And then you also have to think of it in a different way. You have to reframe what someone has told you reality is.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, I mean, for sure. I think most people, in fact, it's crazy. I had a friend who three weeks ago, I don't know, maybe it's because one person got a brain tumor. Now I had a friend three weeks later, got a brain tumor. I was like, Oh my gosh. And he came and I talked to him and he's like, Yeah, he's like, My doctor said this, this, and this. I'm like, Okay, that's good. Here's this other path. And I was like, dumping everything. Here's the name, the contact, all kinds of stuff. And he's like, Yeah, well, my doctor said this. I'm just going to stick with this. And if it doesn't work, then I'll look into other stuff you said. And I'm like, What? Like, did you not hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? Like, I just told you, like, I went on this journey. I already did this. Connected to everybody. Like, like, here's the answer. Like, Oh, my doctor said this. I'm going to focus on that. As opposed to, yeah, like, me or you would be like, Okay, awesome. Um, I need 12 backup plans. I got to figure out every single thing. Right, right. Like, I'm looking for all the different things. And like, and like the weirder it is, the more likely I'm going to try it because like the more traditional, at least in my opinion, the more traditional something is the, the anyway, the, the more there's like, yeah, there's something else there. That's like, I don't know that I get nervous about. So I'm looking for like, what are the alternate things that, that people are talking about that work because the world we live in is weird. So that's just, there's just like, there's a lot more things that, that are, that are than what, like what we normally think. Like, I still think about this all the time with like, um, in school, we learn about the four food groups of the food pyramid. I'm like, that's the worst health like, advice it's on the so planet. Bad. But it's the mainstream right. thing that's approved by the government. if It's approved by the government. I'm pretty much like, nah, I don't think there's anything that can possibly come from that is my personal opinion. So I'm looking for like, what are the other things that aren't the four food, you know, the food groups that in whatever version of this thing you're looking for, like, there's gotta be other options. If I'm just focusing on the four food groups, I'm going to gain weight. I'm not going to be healthy, happier, you know, so I'm always looking for like who are the experts I actually trust, um, yeah. and for me, typically, like the people that I trust the most are the people who are so passionate about their topic that they're writing books on it, they're doing courses on it, they're out there speaking. There's like those are the people I tend to to uh, to plug into the most. I, in my last funnel hockey live event, I was talking about this. Like whenever you pick a goal, like if you look at the um, the hero's journey, I know you've studied that, but like the hero's yeah. journey. If you read the, there's a book called The Hero with a Thousand Faces, and in the book, he documents like storylines from every, every, um, like every generation, every part of the world, like all over the place and all of them follow like a very similar story storyline, right? If you look at any movie in Hollywood, they all, they all use the same script, right? There's a hero lives in an ordinary world. Yeah. Uh, he gets called on an adventure, but then there's the refusal to call. And then they finally decide to go and then they leave their hometown. And then they, uh, they go and they meet on this journey. They meet a guide and like every movie that fits every movie. That's, that's Lord of the Rings. That's Rocky Balboa. That's Wars, cars. That's yeah. like, you know, they're all there. Right. But if you look at the storyline that's present, every single story from the beginning time till now, like the, the third or fourth step is they always meet the guide. So for me, right. it's like, well, who is the guide? Like, I got to find a guide. who's going to be taking me on this journey. I'm not going to go wander in the wilderness, looking for my own thing. I'm going to figure out like, who is the guide. Um, and then when I figure out who that guide is, like I put on blinders and I just follow what that person says. So one of the jokes we have here, um, one of my friends wrote a blog post one time and, uh, it was talking about his morning routine and his morning routine was like nuts. And then at the end of it, he's like, why do I do this? And then he he's talking about Tony Robbins. He's like, he's like, Tony Robbins told me so? And I obey all giants who fly helicopters, have money and have stage presence or something like that. And so like, that's always my joke. Like when I pick my, when I pick my, I, yeah, I've got a Yoda behind me for those who are can see the video, but audio, like there's Yoda behind me. But I pick my Yoda, I pick my guide. I put on blinders because I obey all things that giants who have helicopters and stage presence do. Right. (laughs) And so like, if I pick a guide, like that's, I'm zoning in and whatever they say. So like if I wanted to learn personal development and you're my person, like, like I'm turning off everything else and whatever you say is gospel, I'm going to do it. Right. If I'm starting a business, I'm going to pick one, not 20. I'm going to pick one business guru. And I'm going to follow that guide to the, to the promised land. Right. Like, if I'm health, same thing. I'm picking one because there's 40 different health plans. They all can work in different ways. But if I'm gonna go keto, I'm gonna pick a keto dude. If I'm going this, I'm gonna I don't care which one it is, but I'm picking a guide, putting on blinders, and I'm gonna do whatever whatever they say, because I obey all giants who fly helicopters and have stage presence.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I feel like talking about guides is a really beautiful way to end this because I feel like you have been an incredible guide for us this afternoon. <laughs> and I always feel like it's such a treat when my real life mentors and friends get to mentor and friend the audience and they get to hear from you. And I know, I already know, everyone's going to really dig this episode. And I hope that you'll come back because I already know we're going to get requests for more information. But if people are listening to this and number one, they want to find out about ClickFunnels, number two, they want to follow you and get your enthusiasm and your energy every day of the week, will you tell them where, give them all the stuff, where are you located
1: (laughs) out in the world? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the platform I'm most active on is probably Instagram. So you can do at Russell Brunson. And then I've got a podcast, the Marketing Secrets podcast. I talk about marketing, kind of, but also like everything else I'm interested in. So you get a little bit of all those things as my podcast. And then marketingseekers.com is kind of a hub that from there you can get to everything else that I got. So yeah.
0: Awesome. Oh, wait. I do have one more question. Can I ask you one more question, Russell? Okay. You said something recently on a podcast that I was like, oh, I'm surprised to hear Russell Brunson say that. And you didn't really go take a deep dive because it sounds like my sort of witchy, weird vibes. <laughs> the guy that you do podcasts with said something like, who is your mentor? Or no, maybe we do doing an interview with someone and they said, who's your mentor? And you said, oh, I don't really have a living mentor, but I have. And you were sort of dancing around this idea <laughs> that you have mentors. Did you mean just like you're reading all the books from napoleon hill and then he's your mentor or do you actually feel like you have like a spirit guide in napoleon hill
1: so it's interesting so those who don't know napoleon hill wrote the book think and grow rich and Lots of success and um i actually recently spent a small fortune and bought like <laughs> yeah i found someone who spent 20 years of their life collecting napoleon hill stuff and in that collection and i sent you just a video of it but you'll see it but um, there's a whole bunch of first edition things, but one thing there was there's 250 pages of hand type stuff. They're pulling a like, hand typed on his typewriter with his notes in it and stuff like that that no one's ever seen. So I'm reading these things wow. it's fascinating. And in these, in these documents he typed, he talked about these, and he talks about a little bit in some of the books, but he's like, I have these councils with people who have, who have passed on um, where he literally is like, okay, Edison, like in fact, there's, there's a man, probably a 30 page hand type thing with him having this conversation with Thomas Edison after he's passed on. And it's fascinating. And in this, conversation and again i don't know what's true or not in this but but it was so powerful um he's asking edison he's, he's like you're dead he's like why are you, how are you having this conversation and he's like i'm dead in the body but spiritually he's like i'm still here and he's like i'm looking for mortal bodies who i can aspire to continue my work right and when i when i read that i got the chills and i was like oh my gosh like i don't again i don't know how any of that stuff works i don't claim to but i do know that like when I'm re- reading Napoleon Hill books and I'm trying to think about how am I going to inspire my audience to move forward with more definite a purpose or to like whatever the things I'm doing, like I get inspiration and I don't know where that's coming from. And I don't know if it's from him or from someone else, right? But like when I'm studying the people who have passed on who like I'm geeking out, I'm trying to figure out uh, how to solve a problem or I'm trying to figure out how to explain something to my audience or how to move someone, or, or whatever. I definitely feel like in those moments, like, and I know you felt this before on stage, when you're know you talking, all of a sudden something pops in your head. You're like, I don't know where I came from, but I'm grabbing it and you go and you're like the transformation happens because of it right and i don't know what that is but i'm trying to get more and more connected to that where because i did it i definitely believe in God i believe in inspiration from there but i, I also believe that there like there are people have passed on who they're not in a physical body anymore but they have a mission they have a work and they're here and i'm hoping that when i die someday that i'm hoping that my spirit's there and i'm inspiring people and like like keep moving on this thing like like i started something good in the you know 40 50 80 how many years i get on this this world i'm hoping that that's not the end i'm hoping that we have the chance to inspire the, the next generation. So I'm, I, I work that way as if, so I don't know, we'll leave it there. I don't I feel, know. I don't know. the answer. I,
0: no, no, I love it. And I was like, I feel like I'm picking up this vibe and I believe this <laughs> a million, a billion percent that we have the ability to tap in people who have passed on and that, you know, it's like, I feel like the energy of my grandma is always with me. So why not the energy of Wayne Dyer? Like, it, I, I just feel like that, that is, accessible. So um, next podcast, let's dig into that. (laughs) Thank you. I I know you are so busy and you just gave me so much time. I'm so grateful for it. Everybody go buy the books, follow Russell, send him love. And thank you, brother. I can't, I can't thank you enough.
1: Oh, thank you. So awesome to see you again. I appreciate all you're doing in the world. You're awesome.
0: The Rachel Hollis podcast is hosted and executive produced by me. Rachel Hollis. The show is produced by Sterling Coates and edited by Andrew Weller.